0: This is the Copper Crab Podcast. I am Chaney Crab. Naveen Copperwise coming at you live on Twitch.
1: Live on Twitch. We're live on Twitch right now for the last time in the next couple of months, because we are going on tour. Uh, but first, Transcontinental world tour. Yes, we are going on a world tour. Uh, but first, our new album, Time Will Take Us All, comes out next Friday, March 3rd. And we have a new music video coming out this week. It's one that we shot live in Knoxville in December uh, for a song called Darkest Day. It's a cool, like, kind of like just banging metal song. So I'm excited for people to hear that. Um, But yeah, we're going on tour. So I'm going to read off the dates since this will be the last podcast that we're going to do in the foreseeable future. First, we are hitting Europe and the UK. First, we're hitting Europe in the UK. Uh, March 3rd in Essen, Germany at Turek. The 4th, Nijmegen, Netherlands. If you haven't grabbed a ticket to that, you're out of luck because it is sold out. March 5th, Brussels, Belgium. March 6th, Bristol. The 7th in Glasgow. Glasgow? Glasgow. 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 (coughs) The 8th in Nottingham. Uh, The (laughs) 9th... Ninth in Dublin, 10th <laughs> in Manchester, that show is almost sold out. The 11th in London, that show is almost sold out as well. The 12th in Paris, France, 13th in Lyon, 15th Madrid, 16th Barcelona, 17th Montpellier, France. The 18th, <clears throat> we're playing Arau? Aru, Aru, Switzerland. Oh, we're playing there again? That place Kif. is sick. That place rules. Dude, Backstage, they have a beer tap for all of the bands. They have a tap
0: and a uh, Keurig right next to each other. And a
1: Keurig. And they also have awesome postcards. I still have some from the last time that we played there. Uh, The 19th, March 19th, we're playing in Milan. The 20th in München. 21st, Vienna. 22nd, Kosice. Kosice? I don't know how to pronounce it. (coughs) Slovakia. The 23rd, Budapest. <laughs> 24th, Prague. 25th, Warsaw, Poland. 26th, Berlin. 28th, Gothenburg. 29th, Stockholm. Stockholm? <laughs> there we go. The 30th, in Fred, Fred, Denmark. Fred, No, that's probably not how you say it. The 31st, in Hanover. That's where the tour ends. Then we are coming back to the States. Naveen and I get to hang out at <coughs> home for about 10 days. Yep. And then we're hitting, uh, did I even say who that tour was with? It's with Archspire and Cycroptic and Benighted. And that's going to rip. I'm so excited for that. And then we come back to the States. We get to hang out for 10 days and we start a U.S. tour. That is with Whitechapel, Arch Spire, and Signs of the Swarm. Uh, the 14th of April, we're playing Atlanta. The 15th Tampa, 16th Fort Lauderdale, 18th Charlotte, 19th Richmond, 20th Baltimore, 21st New York, New York, Warsaw, I think that's actually in Brooklyn. The 22nd Worcester, the 24th Detroit, 25th Chicago, 27th uh the 26th we're playing Des Moines, Iowa. That's my hometown. It's going to be tight. 27th Lawrence Kansas 28th Denver 29th Salt Lake City into May the first we're in Seattle the second in Portland third or er, fourth Sacramento fifth Los Angeles sixth Santa Ana seventh Mesa ninth Austin 10th Dallas 11th uh God 11th is in fucking uh, Little Rock sorry I didn't write that on here. <laughs> The 12th in St. Louis and the 13th. We're ending in Nashville. That's a lot of fucking dates that we're about All right. to play.
0: <laughs> now, after that.
1: <laughs> All right. We then go we're going South down America. to South America.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> then we're going on over to New Zealand.
0: That's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Man, I'm so excited. We leave for that next Thursday. The band gets here on Saturday. So,
0: you know what people don't really realize is. All the stress about Mm -hmm. touring—it all happens before the tour. Yeah, it's weeks. Once the tour starts, it's nothing I can do. I'm on tour. Just
1: in it, especially, you know, getting ready for a European tour is uh, always enlightening because you think about how many things Europeans and people from other countries have to go through to get to every U.S. tour. Whereas It's 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 so much stuff to deal with. I think they have to go through more they do have to go through more yeah. because they have to get work visas yeah. work visas um so it makes me very grateful you know for that
0: yeah. It a new appreciation it's a new appreciation
1: yeah it's crazy the stuff they go through to get over here so whenever you see a band come over from overseas to the states buy their merch like you know, support them. Get there early for their set because yeah. they've gone through a lot of shit to get here and to be touring the U.S. And it's a big, it's a feat to do that.
0: And a lot of money.
1: And it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. So, uh, yeah, we're just, Naveen and I have been spending kind of a lot of our time preparing for the tour. And now I finally feel like we're kind of in the think point. We're,
0: yeah, I think we're there. I think we're almost ready to go. Yeah,
1: where we get a chill. The band gets here this weekend and that's going to be
0: I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Me too. I love hanging with those guys. Um and I'm excited. The music video we're putting out on Thursday has Brian James and Rob Brown in it who have been playing guitar with us for the last entire year ever since we came back from the, you know, the COVID break of not touring. Yeah,
0: since the <coughs> tech trek tour. I guess that'll be a, about a year. Yes, yeah, about on. a year. Wow.
1: And touring with those guys is so fun. I mean, they just like, you know, I love playing live with those guys. Great it's guys awesome. They're, they're really great.
0: fun and fun to hang out with. And the vibes have been really good. Yeah, the vibes have van. been
1: great. So I'm excited. Rob's never been to Europe and I'm excited to take him to Europe for the first time. It's going to be hilarious. amazing and hilarious yeah. to see him over there. So
0: he's a funny guy. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see him in Europe.
1: I wish that we had enough time. It, it's like we always, um, anytime that we're practicing, if a podcast day falls on a practice day, it's like we always kind of have to prioritize practice over the podcast. So yeah, we don't ever
0: give ourselves enough time.
1: Yeah, to have them on it because I would love to have Brian and Rob on it. But, you know, they both, Rob lives in Las Vegas and Brian lives in Sacramento. So we're flying them out. To play shows with us. So we only have, we're operating under a limit, um, limited amount of time.
0: 100%.
1: So this is going to be the last podcast that we do until probably the end of May. Um, so we you thought. So, you don't
0: think we'll do one on that little break?
1: Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll do one on the break. We'll that would be cool. It would be awesome if we could like, you know muster up the time to do a little voice memo one in Europe yeah. but no if, guarantees no guarantees if we're being honest you know it's tiring being on tour it's a lot of work we sell our own merch we set up yeah. stuff there's not a lot of free time all the time so
0: we're we not f- like roadies and stuff like that yeah no no
1: <laughs> you know it was cool we saw Drab Majesty live and they roadied for themselves but they dress up during the live show so no one knew that they were roadying for themselves and And then they just went (coughs) and dressed up like by roadying i mean they set up their own gear and like did their own thing and then they went and changed they were very covert
0: definitely covert but uh yeah on this episode we have uh our album coming out next week yeah which we've been hyping up on the show for since the show started
1: three years and counting
0: and uh it's finally coming out yeah can't believe the day's here it's funny when you um turn in your album to a label they tell you when it's going to come out and i remember i remember them telling me like march 3rd 2023 and i'm just like that's never it's just never gonna happen
2: i feel
1: like we were both kind of heartbroken because we were (laughs) taken aback We were given the option to put the album out. I think they said November, but it wouldn't come out simultaneously with vinyl. Oh, yeah. So, because the vinyl plants are taking forever for whatever reason. And we wanted the vinyl to come out at the same time as the music was released. We didn't want it to just be like pre orders forever. So, we chose March 3rd.
0: It worked out a lot better, Mm -hmm. too, because now we didn't know this. We did not know this at the time, but we got these tours lined up and they line up perfectly with the release. So I think it's better to be on tour right when the album comes out rather than, oh, it came out three months ago and now we're on tour. I agree. Or four months or whatever that is.
1: I agree. And I think that, you know, though it did seem like a long time at the time when Metal Blade first told us what the, like, available dates were – Um after all of the preparation that it takes to get ready for an album, because you sort of underestimate it and it had been five years since we had put out an album. So, you know, if you're not doing something like super consistently, then you sort of lose track of all of the moving parts of what it takes to put something out. So it seemed like a long time at the time, but we had a ton of stuff that we had to do and I feel like we've been busy up until now and even we'll still be Shit. busy next week like preparing for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, you know? absolutely. So, And we wanted to do, it gave us time to do all these videos. Yeah. We had the Whitechapel show that we oh, had a video.
1: That's something we, that we, we weren't have. going to do had we released it in November because we, we've we put out three music videos already. Yeah,
0: and we wanted to do a slower release where we release a song each month for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. So I like the way we did it. I think we made the right choice.
1: I do too. And I'm excited for, you know, after the album comes out and to start putting out live videos of the songs that weren't singles, maybe making, using other songs as singles, because there are songs on the record. Like, I think that the most prog songs are not singles. Um, And those are songs that I would really like to see some sort of like, uh, visual accompaniment to them.
0: I agree with that.
1: Because the entire album, you know, we've said this on all of our in all of our announcements, but if you don't know, the whole album plays together as one piece.
0: That's
1: oh, not what good. happened? That's not good. Oh, there we go. Sorry, the camera faded out. Go on. back.
0: Your camera. Uh, is it back on?
1: Oh, no, it's off. Sorry, guys. We just had my cam- the camera die. TDs. Technical difficulty. You're
0: trying to go ahead and keep uh, talking. I'll try to fix this real quick.
1: Yeah. So the entire album, are we still live on Twitch? Yeah. We're, we're good. Okay, cool. Yeah. So the entire album flows together as one entire piece. So a lot of the ideas that we had for it, like, there we go. A lot of the ideas that we had for it along the way, we would have loved if we had a budget to make like a video for the entire record, a movie, a movie for the entire album. Um, I definitely still see that as a goal in the future, if not for this album, then for another album, because that type of stuff is awesome. And I think that it would be so cool, but we do have some cool things that we're going to do. I don't, can we talk about your minor video?
0: Yeah, of course.
1: So, so in a couple of weeks, do you know what day it's being released?
0: Uh, we haven't talked about it, but sometime shortly after the release, Yeah, I played the first half yeah. of the album, which flows together, um, at a studio and, gonna be come out under the Minel channel.
1: I'm so excited for that to come out. Yeah, that's an all drum thing. There aren't vocals in it. But uh
0: So that's gonna be really cool. I I
1: think, I think it would be cool to do like um you know an entire like rent out a place and do an entire like performance video of that. the entire album. That's to a it. goal. Yeah, we we wanna to play it. it all live.
0: Yep, we wanna do that too. That's our goal. To yeah. close out the album cycle. By playing the whole album live.
1: Yeah. That would be super awesome.
0: How long is it? 40 minutes?
1: It's like 43 minutes.
0: Doesn't seem that long.
1: Yeah. But if you guys haven't, uh, you know, people ask, I talked about this last week. We didn't put the podcast up from last <coughs> week, but um, people will ask me like where is better, where they can support us by buying the album that will benefit us the mo- the in the most possible way. And that is do buy it through Metal Blade. There's not a, yeah. it's not an us versus Metal Blade, like the label is evil, they're taking money thing. We want, all of our stuff is available through Metal Blade. I believe it's on indie merch and King's Road. Indie for, merch yeah, in the US, King's Road in Europe. Uh, there's another one for the UK. But buy it through there.
0: I think King's Road is, Europe, is UK.
1: Perhaps. Yeah. yeah, you might be right.
0: Anyway. But
1: anyway no matter where you buy the album from, it helps the band out. If you yeah. listen to it on any platform, it, whether it be Bandcamp, we have it on Bandcamp. Spotify helps us. Um, you know, the reality of the music industry, if you will, is that people do look at Spotify numbers. Yeah. I know that the the thing is, you know, the, the narrative is that Spotify is evil and we shouldn't be supporting it. But if you listen to the bands that you like, people are like when they go and look for numbers and determine what band gets on what tour and all of that stuff, they they look at all of these numbers. They look at Spotify yeah. and how many albums YouTubes. you sell. YouTube. It's kind of a, a compilation of all of those things. So it does help. Bandcamp everywhere. So wherever you can listen to it, please do next Friday when it comes out.
0: I suppose the album will be streaming on YouTube, right? Yeah, I think so. I, like Metal Blade puts it up, don't they?
1: I've seen Metal Blade put up full album streams. So I would assume that that's what they're going to do with our album. So if you listen there, YouTube is actually the biggest music distributor in the world. Uh, so wow. YouTube is a great place to listen to music. Um, but yeah, go and check it out. We're really excited about it. Uh, we've been talking about it for three years. We started, so Naveen wrote the entire thing. Yeah. So where, you want to talk about how you wrote it?
0: Yeah, so we did um, a short tour with uh, Sentinels, was one of the bands on it, and Within Destruction and Betraying the Martyrs. The tour uh, ended early because Betraying the Martyrs trailer caught on fire. So we went home, uh, the, that happened about, what, a week or two in or something like that? Yeah, this
1: was in 2019. Yeah, this mm-hmm. was, sorry, I, yeah.
0: it's worth mentioning when this was.
1: Yeah, it was like <coughs> two weeks in, in the summer. So yeah,
0: this is 2019, uh, their trailer lights on fire and they drop off the tour and then we're in California, so I, I was like, let's just go home. At the time, we were living in Santa Cruz still. But uh, I met the Sent- Sentinels was really cool. I really, I really liked their music, and I was kind of just like feeling hyped, like I wanted to make some new music. <clears throat> and when I got home, um, I think very shortly after getting home, I wrote the first song, Absolute Zero, mm-hmm. and then uh, the end has like this kind of creepy melody that keeps going, and it's like a a dotted note melody. I won't get too nerdy on you, but um, basically what I did was I I kept the melody going after the song ended, and then I thought it would be kind of cool to write something in a different tempo over that same melody, and then that's how In Purgatory got started. And then, uh, so I just kind of kept rolling with it.
1: I got to say, when when Naveen wrote that intro to In Purgatory, that doom, bum, 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 I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) <laughs> All right, I love this record. This is and it's yeah. cool cuz you did write it in linear fashion. Like yeah. you wrote it beginning yeah. to end. It it wasn't like I'm going to write this part and then I'm going to write
0: No, no, the album the album is basically you're hearing it as it's being written. So, it's like I wrote the first song, thought it was pretty I didn't really. I, I, I guess I, I didn't really consider it a song. I was just like, okay, this is cool. Like, I want to keep going with it. Mm-hmm. And then we got into it, what became in Purgatory, and uh, that kept going. And then at the end of In Purgatory, so you guys don't know this know this yet, but Song Three is a continuation of the, how In Purgatory starts. Yeah, so.
1: Song Three is very close. Very like the whole <clears throat> record is very closely related, but Song Three which is called the interior wilderness, is very derivative, directly related to In Purgatory. Yeah.
0: So then, uh, actually, there's a riff in that song that ends the second side.
1: Yeah, and also the first... So <clears throat> it's in a different key. In Purgatory has this super like high vocal part that repeats over a vocal at the beginning of the interior wilderness, yeah, um, and that's super cool, so there were, we were able to like do a lot of callbacks,
0: yeah, so kind of it was cool writing in this like open way when I would get I don't know 12 minutes into the song or nine minutes in, and then it felt like it should go back to a part that had already happened. I was able to do it because I wasn't really writing with any sort of rules in mind totally. And then uh I kind of just couldn't really find a good place to end it. <laughs> so um it's so the f- okay so it's kind of more like two songs mm-hmm. in my opinion. So but what we did was we turned those into like sides of an album. Right. So there's clearly like a first side and then it has an ending. Kind of a cool epic like rockin outro. And then Chani and I started experimenting with what became I Am the Void.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> and the other thing is that when when we were writing, well when you were writing instrumentally, the reason that songs one through four are the length that they are is because we are very aware from the beginning of how much music we can put on each side of a vinyl record so it was written accordingly because we wanted it to be a perfect end
0: yeah we really wanted to make sure that the vinyl made sense Mm -hmm. it was hard it was hard on our last album to figure out what songs went where, and how to split it up.
1: Well, something that did happen on Dark Future is that Black Static was not supposed to be the opening track on the album. Yeah. It originally was not... uh, Melancholia was the opening track on the album, and Black Static was song five. Okay. Wait, no. It was Black Static and White Noise were song five and six. So we had to completely flip it because... Or it was something like that. It was
0: hard to get the order correct, To get the time, to have it split evenly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So we we had... We didn't, we just weren't as aware of that because we had never uh, pressed vinyl before out of any of our records. So no one, you know, people don't tell you that information that you can only fit 23 minutes on side A of a vinyl and you're not really thinking about it until you go to press it. So.
0: So yeah, we're kind of like, oh, let's make a cool side A and side B. Right. And then those kind of became like songs. So then, uh, I actually had a, when I was, ri- I was writing the second side, so I wrote it to be one long song as well, mm-hmm. but then I think, I, I think it was like a week or two, maybe one week before we went to record, I was like, this kind of isn't sick enough.
1: The second side. Yeah. So the entire second side was generally different. Did it still start with <clears throat> I Am The Void? And it didn't.
0: It didn't start with "I'm the Void." We
1: didn't put "I'm the Void" on the album until like a week before we went yeah, to like track later, drums because we had both. There is a whole second side that no one is there. There are a few aspects of that side that ended up on. Oh the, yeah, a the lot of it. Did. A lot of it
0: did. I kind of just revamped it and then made it a little more. It was too uh, mellow, in my opinion. It was too
1: mellow. It was yeah. a little too like, um, yeah. It just, it didn't have as many, like, hard-hitting moments as it has now. Yeah. It was good, and maybe we'll release some of that stuff in the future on something. I mean, why why the hell not?
0: Well, like I said, a lot of it did make it on to the, su- to the second song. That's true. It just, like, is revamped, like it's faster or a little bit heavier or something like that. Yeah,
1: a lot of it, it, it I, I believe that, like, the last track, Time Will Take Us All, uh, the beginning of that, because it starts out with like an acoustic part. And I think it was earlier inside B.
0: Yeah, I'd have to like go back and listen. I know, guys. I would
1: actually really <laughs> like to hear that now that we're but talking yeah, so about
0: it. So we, um, I had been working on the second side and it was going good. It's going great. But then we were thinking, what if we used this rock song that I wrote? We I wrote that for, actually that song is... When I wrote a couple of more rock-sounding songs, one of them became the intro to the podcast. Yep. And then this was another one that I had written. Just like, oh, maybe we could do some kind of side project to be funny, some sort of rock thing.
1: I mean, that's really... like During COVID, Naveen and I... It was actually a little before COVID. I think that we were both a little unhappy with the band, with Entheos. And we wanted to we were talking about doing a side project. And once we started, like I, there's another song. There's a third song that has parts that I wrote for it that are sick as fuck. Yeah. But when we started talking about it, we were like, this is like so close to Entheos. Why would we start a whole nother project to do this stuff under when it still yeah, like, let's just make it has the general it. sound? Let's just try to, yeah, let's just try to bring it in and incorporate it. And the song that we chose to use from those three is I am the void. Yeah. And now we, I mean, I see us doing more of that in the future. I, we're never going to go like all grunge. We're always going to be a progressive band that has like a, or rock post rock, whatever you refer to that as, but we're always going to be like this multi-dimensional band. So Definitely. I think that releasing I'm the void to me has opened that door for us. And yeah. that is, For me, it's super important to feel like completely artistically fulfilled, to be able to do things like that in our band. So I'm really excited about it.
0: Yeah, and I think we've always uh, established ourselves as being a little bit weirder and doing whatever we want.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So we were experimenting with that song, and then I figured out that the way that it ends with this like dissonant chord fit into how I was... Going, starting the second side of the album. Yeah, something like that. It was. It's not, it might not be exactly like exactly true what I'm saying, but it's along those lines. <laughs> because I remember we. On, I only had like five days, and I was like, "I'm gonna whip this thing into shape, man! Fuck it!" And uh, I'm glad I did because it came out way sick. Oh my and god! Different.
1: And Thursday. <coughs> so the song that we're releasing on Thursday, the 23rd, is the song that comes directly after "I Am the Void." Yeah. Darkest Day. So you'll see there kind of like more of the direction that we took on this side of the record. It's It gets heavier even after Darkest Day. So,
0: Yeah, the singles are Absolute Zero and In Purgatory go into each other, and then there's two other songs. Then there's sort of like a noisy, scary, spooky, in-between track, mm-hmm. and then it goes I Am <laughs> The Void, Darkest Day, and then there's... Uh,
1: Clarity and Waves.
0: How many more songs after that? Like There are three, three more yeah, songs three.
1: after that. Yep. Clarity and Waves.
0: I just don't sinking think of it as songs sun. for me. Sinking so Sun and Time to- Will
1: Take Us All. Yeah, it's interesting. I think that it, t- it did turn out that the songs work really well individually, which, you know, once we took a step back, because we didn't pick tracks. Naveen had a general idea for what tracks, where the track markers would be. But we didn't pick tracks until the entire thing was written. <clears throat> I think drums were were done. Oh, were they I, done? we were
0: way beyond that. Yeah. Th- we so, were like end of the album. Like, all right, let's figure out what where the tracks are.
1: Yeah. So to me, there are clear dynamic shifts where it's like, obviously, this is the beginning of a song. This is the end of a song. And now I think of them as songs because for a while I was only listening to them in like Google Drive. So they're all individual tracks. Okay. So they will stop and I have to, like, switch it. Uh, but if you play it, I, I think it's best um, experienced as one piece altogether, which was the in, intention behind it all. You know, it's yeah. got, like, it starts off super heavy, and it goes into, like, some proggy atmospheric areas and singing with I'm the Void, and then it gets super heavy and ends on a track. I'm just, we've, we did a lot of, I feel like we, like, experimented, on yeah. the record, but we also, it also sounds like our band.
0: And I think there was also a clear intention to make it a little more heavy.
1: There was. Yeah.
0: And I was like, I want to be, I want to do all this progressive stuff and go into that weird trivia realm. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I didn't want to abandon being heavy. And sometimes I feel like on dark future, we didn't make it heavy enough. So, I agree. So there's like, you know, tons of breakdowns and really heavy stuff. It's got like the fastest, fastest, death metal parts that we've ever had yeah for sure a lot of them I mean most of the fast parts in this album are faster than anything we've, we've ever done
1: definitely yeah they're they definitely hit that spot I agree with you I we did make a conscious effort to add some hip some like get a little heavier with the record we both wanted to do that like we I remember having that conversation on that on that tour, maybe the Betraying the Martyrs oh, yeah. tour. Like, Let's make I some took, heavy
0: shit. What do we do? Yeah, I
1: called you over. I was setting up merch, and I was just like, Naveen, we need to make some like heavy music. Yeah. So, we we did lean more in that direction, but like I said, there's a lot of prog. There's there is singing that you guys haven't heard. It's not like I am the Void is the most singing and rock that it goes, but
0: yeah, those are cool. Singing parts, yeah.
1: There's a lot of pitched screaming. There's a stuff, a lot of stuff that I'm really proud. I'm really, really proud of the album in general. And uh, so, yeah, you finished doing it. We tracked drums for it three years ago with Zach Oren.
0: I know. So, uh, yeah. As we're writing the album and getting it ready, then the whole pandemic thing happened.
1: Well, and Travis, Travis was still in the band <coughs> when um we started writing the record. That's true. Travis left the band, so the pandemic happened. Actually,
0: hold on. It's worth mentioning that I wrote that first half of the album, mm-hmm. and then didn't write anything else. We actually wrote some other songs. We wrote um, "Remember Your Dust." Remember Your Dust. We wrote another song that never came out. So we were still kind of experimenting in like what we wanted to do. We weren't. We weren't really like a hundred percent. In any direction. Oh, no. We were like, okay, we've got that cool long song. We can put that out. Yeah. Because I didn't really know um, what to do with it. It was like 20 minutes long. And I was like, it's not really long enough to be an album. And it's kind of, maybe it could be an EP that we can yeah. release at some point. We did. And we- I didn't think of making, oh, look, that could be side one. We'll make a side two.
1: Yeah, that didn't come for a while. We, but I think we were throwing around doing it as an EP and releasing it independently for a while. Yeah. So, but we, the uh, pandemic like just came and kind of flipped everything. But remember, you dust. So, like you said, we wrote well, you wrote the first half as a demo, not completely fleshed out, but you wrote it. And then, um, the skeleton was there, yeah. And then Travis quit the band, and then you and I wrote Remember You're a Dust in like a weekend because we were going to release it for a tour that we were going to go on. That's right. Then yeah, that tour got right. canceled,
0: yeah. We were going on a tour. Tech Trick.
1: Right, yeah.
0: And we were like, hey, let's make like just a more hype kind of fun song to play live and we can put it out and it'll be like a release to have before the tour because it's been a while since we put anything out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's why we made that. And then, of course, the tour got canceled and, you know, all the other stuff.
1: Yeah, the whole Corona thing happened and we honestly took some time off.
0: Yeah, so then we kind of just were like, hey, let's not pay attention to the band for a while and just...
1: We also did have even before you wrote this first part, there were like four or five songs that we had been working on. There was w- another song that we were going to release that we had Jacob Umansky play bass on yeah. and Travis played guitar on right before he quit the band that we haven't put out. Uh, we listened to it actually a few weeks ago and we we're like maybe we could use some of this, but but yeah. So we you know we experimented with a lot of stuff for a while and the be the first part of time will take us all is what ended up sticking. And after we took some months off for the pandemic, then the next year is when we tracked drums. But Naveen had written the entire second part that we were just talking about. Um we weren't quite sure who was gonna play bass on the album. It was maybe going to going to just be you playing bass. Uh we hadn't really figured that out. So there was like a lot of stuff up in the air in twenty twenty. Yeah. And we we weren't signed to a label. We just didn't really know what to do. But there was a day where we were like in our kitchen in Santa Cruz and we started talking about, okay, here's what we should do with the band. It's just the two of us. right? So let's like, you know, we started talking about like conceptually the art and where we wanted the direction of where we wanted the band to go in the music and all of it started coming together that we should use. The stuff that you had written for the beginning of the album,
0: yeah, we we decided we kind of decided there um, all the details about the band and yeah. made, um, just put said it out loud, you know, so we knew yeah. what we wanted to go for and what we wanted everything to look like and sound like, and we've kind of stuck to it, and I think it's wor- it's worked because a lot of people have affirmed. Stuff that we talked about. Like, oh, it's really cool that you, like, um, they just get it. I can see, like, even the YouTube comments, people will just get little things, little musical things that I did on purpose.
1: Yeah. I've even noticed people, like, in interviews that I've been doing for the album, they're noticing little things and they're, they just, it seems like people are getting it, which is cool and reaffirming you know, it's, it's an exciting thing because like when you're putting an album out into the world, you never necessarily, you know what you are going for, but you never necessarily know how people are going to receive it. So at least with the first, excuse me, wave of people who have listened to it, it's been exciting to hear what they've said. And, um, I feel like, you know, maybe in the past people didn't totally do that, like reaffirm things to me, but it's it's been really cool to see so far so I'm excited to see how people receive all of that stuff of it but I uh, so actually after we tracked drums, we originally were going we were gonna have someone else play bass on the album it wasn't gonna be Evan on the album right so that kind of came along
0: <coughs> because of scooter accident
1: yeah. I got in a scooter accident, so we tracked drums that year. Naveen, guitars were pretty much done. Solos were not done, and we started. Oh, we we signed a metal blade first, actually. So that was
0: another thing we talked about that night in the kitchen. We're like, should we be on a label, and then if so, which label? Right. And so I think it's I think it was cool to do that because we sort of decided everything about the band, like what we wanted it to be. Yeah. Instead of just kind of floating around.
1: Totally. I knew exactly who I wanted to do art. I knew who I wanted to do our videos. You know, I named Eleron. That's who I, I, I like was a fan of his and I brought him to Naveen. This is who I want to do our art. This is the general direction that I see that stuff going. David Brodsky, I was a huge fan of, showed that to Naveen. This is where, you know, all the visual stuff aligns with, The lyrics, So it makes sense that I'm the person presenting this stuff in the band. And that's what, you know, all the t-shirt designs, everything like that. I oversee it all because I want it all to match the theme of the band. I want everything to be thematically in line as far as our band goes. And that was something that we really focused on and that we talked about that night in the kitchen that we wanted to do. So all of that stuff really came together from that.
0: Yep. And like that we were going to do... Video clips and stuff like that for the internet. Yeah. Just re- really helped us out. Totally. I'm like, oh, let's get some better cameras and make things more pro. So I think it does help to sort of map out map out all the stuff that you want people to get.
1: Totally. You you you, you have to, t- have to yeah. understand it before like no one's gonna get what you're doing if you don't understand what you're doing. Yeah. So that was really something that we that we had a heart to heart about. And uh so yeah, signing the Metal Blade made the most sense to us. We Naveen Fleshrot came out through Metal Blade. You had a good experience with them. We looked at every label that we would want to be signed to and we just looked at the bands that were signed to each label.
0: And we're like, which bands do we want to be aligned with?
1: Exactly. Or which bands do we see as like, you know, our contemporaries or who yeah. who we see them as being like progressive and all you know, having the attributes of our band and Metal Blade had those bands for us. So we went for it. That was the label we wanted to sign to. We had other offers, but we were like, let's go with Metal Blade. Yeah, I think let's... we had
0: it in our mind that we just wanted to sign to Metal Blade. <laughs> yeah.
1: And the two songs that we sent to them were Absolute Zero and I Am the Void. So that is all that they heard. And they
0: were like, Get me Antheos, who is this man? I need them <laughs> yeah.
1: Right now. We need to talk to him. They saw that Howie Mandel share or whatever. They saw the TikTok.
0: Yeah. So this was before Chaney went viral.
1: Oh, yeah. Was it? No, actually, we had just gone viral. We did that dying fetus video. We did the dying fetus video like right when we were talking the metal blade. All right. But, yeah, so... So, yeah, we chose to sign them metal anyway, yeah,
0: and, and then, uh, so we, I think we decided, all right, let's make a second half to that sick first half that we have. Mm-hmm. Let's make that into an album. It'll just be me and you, and we'll yep. get someone to play bass. Yep. We went and uh, I wrote the second half. We went and tried, no, what I did was I booked a recording session to do the drums with Zach Orin. Right. Before the second half was even written. Right. And I was like, all right, this will give me a deadline. I'll, I have to write it now. And so, yeah, I was writing it, then decided that I didn't really like it that much. Like five days before the session, I just like powered through and just wrote like a whole new second side, basically, and utilized a bunch of stuff from it. And then I said, hey, let's use this rock song to start it. That would be really sick. And then Cheney was down. So then we recorded the drums. We had the drums done for a long time. I did the guitars, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we started working on the vocals.
1: Yes. So the night that it was like one of the first nights that we started working on the vocals and the part that we were working on specifically that made us want to go celebrate the night of the scooter accident is from the third song, The Interior Wilderness. It's the end. It's a vocoder part. You guys will know it next week when you hear it. We were so excited about this part because it was just like, it was.
0: We're like, this is so sick.
1: Yeah. We were like, oh my it God, like we Top did Gun. it. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember if you had started writing the little guitar lead. Yeah, the lead thing. Yeah. Okay. So we were kind of, oh yeah, because we were writing that together. We wrote the vocal melody the same day er, and recorded it the same day that you were doing the Top Gun guitar part. So we were kind of going back and forth on that. We are so stoked. We're like, let's go out and celebrate. So we rode our scooters down to Capitola Village. And on the way home, I got into the scooter accident, the infamous scooter accident.
0: Um, We've already covered that a bunch. We've covered it a
1: million times. You guys know what happened.
0: That definitely slowed things down a bit.
1: Split open my lip, um, my nose. I couldn't really do vocals well. This happened in August. I don't think I started recording again until December.
0: Yeah, so I did so. actually think of something, and that is we we did ask Evan if he could play on the album, but he was remodeling his house, right? and he was like, I just don't have time to do it right now, yeah. because I told him when it, when it needed to be done. We had an original timeline, yeah. which we, uh, we wanted to be done. But now that you got in this scooter accident, and you were kind of out of commission, you know, I was like, hey, Evan, you know, it's, it just so happens that we have a bunch more time. Yeah. And then it got to the be the point where he was like, okay, well, that could work. Right. And so that's how he ended up getting involved again.
1: Yeah. Which, I mean, the stuff that he brought on the record, he's got, there are some fretless parts on the record. They're, I mean, you know. Evan is a king of melody and melodic. His melodic sense is incredible. Yeah. So he added
0: a bunch of really. So cool he stuff. added
1: a bunch of really cool stuff to the album, and it was. I'm glad that we got him to play on it. So uh yes, that was great. That was great, and um, God, I was just gonna say something because something happened before that, but yeah. So I got in the accident. Oh, I had already asked Eleron. and I sent Eleron the concept. Like the the art is completely based off of a concept I had. I told him that I wanted, uh, you know, two heads in the shape of kingdoms, castles that were crumbling with a staircase. The freaking camera went off again with a it's this cable. Uh, Just keep talking. Yeah. With a, with a staircase going through the middle and eyes and clocks melting on the cover. And I told him the colors red and blacks and golds and whites and uh, he came up with the idea to have the the clock and the eye together as one like floating through the cover. So about, it was like a week after the accident. And I was, it was a super emotional time for me, the accident. Um, and he, you know, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do vocals at all. Because when you're that deep in something like that and your injuries are that severe, you have no fucking idea how they're going to heal. Yeah. So... About a week, maybe two weeks into this accident, we got the first sketch of the album cover from Eleron and it I cried. I was just like I can't believe for the first time I'm seeing a piece of art like in the past we've had to kind of critique the album covers a million times and like change things and right. figure stuff out and for the first time I just felt like i the first from the first moment I laid eyes on the art, I knew that it was the right art for the album so that was super exciting and i cried and that happened and then you know i continued to heal we got the lyrics changed a lot i wrote a lot while i was out of commission from doing vocals evan did bass um and i started recording again in december which was right before we moved
0: right so then that came into right picture
1: right so that
0: Kind of abruptly decided to move to Nashville.
1: Yeah, we decided to move in September. Yeah. So it was a little after the accident.
0: So we were like, all right, we're going to move in September. We want to leave. Go somewhere cheaper. Yeah. Focus on music full time. And yeah, we uh, moved in December, at the end of December. Yeah. We basically skipped out on Christmas.
1: We skipped out on Christmas and New Year's. Which was...
0: I'd say it was the best Christmas ever.
1: It really was. We <laughs> got to our house on the 23rd of December. And then we, for Christmas, we went to an Indian restaurant downtown and got, Tight. met a family of tourists who were decked out in Bucky's gear. And
0: I was like, dude, Bucky's. And I was wearing Bucky's socks. I was like, yeah. check this out. Yeah,
1: it was hella fun. So that kind of, you know, we took a little time off from the album at that point. And we already had Mark Lewis, like, we knew that he was going to mix oh, that's the right. record. But he couldn't even do it when we, like, we weren't going, we wanted him to mix it in January and that just was not going to work out with right. his schedule. So we knew that we could take a little time off, get moved in. Um, our house was not finished. We did not finish Naveen's control room where I tracked the rest of the album. Uh, we didn't finish that. Yeah, I mean, that. That,
0: that was also a thing. We I, Me and Evan built a studio in the house, so right. that took up a bunch of time. Right. But we, I think we would periodically track vocals in the middle of that.
1: We would. That's kind of how the, the vocal tracking process goes for us generally. But One this... line
0: a day at max.
1: <laughs> Sometimes it is that. I honestly, I don't force vocals out of myself and that's why. <laughs> no, definitely not. I definitely don't. I, really, it's the lyrics. The lyrics take forever because I'm like constantly combing over them and, you know, trying to make them more concise and figuring them out. So... That takes forever. I'll, I change lyrics. And Nav- to the point, to parts, to the point that Naveen wants to kill me by the time we're done tracking. But uh, yeah, so it was like me tracking a vocal part, doing a vocal, like changing a lyric, doing that over and over for like three months. Um, so for me, it becomes like a, a super painstaking analytical process where I'm just working through stuff forever, I like wouldn't go out and hang out for a long time. I was just like in our house, the whole time.
0: And Then I would add like you know, do the end of, at the end I came in and did like little layers with yeah. guitar and some synth stuff here and there. And yeah, made that noisy track for the in between. Right. That was another thing that I kind of focused on about this album. I didn't really want to do too much layering and stuff until after the vocals were like done. Right. Which- so it didn't get in the way.
1: Yeah, because I think in the past we've there's been layering and stuff that's happened before. I've come in to do vocals, and then it's kind of like, well, there's like a no lead here. The, yeah.
0: yeah, too much like competing for the um, main attraction. Yeah, uh, not the spotlight, but the, yeah, the focus of the part.
1: So that was a huge aspect of writing this album for us was that we wanted to make vocals more of a focal point as they should be you know we wanted to think about them a lot when Naveen was writing we wanted to make sure that they had room to breathe that that there weren't solos at weird times that everything seemed appropriate like the way that we put it together we just really wanted to focus on the album being you know like yeah as a whole and how it sounded and So that was like a huge focus of ours in writing it.
0: Yeah, so I didn't even do... I think there were certain parts... There's parts that I write where I'm like, this definitely has to have a solo. Mm -hmm. But then I think there were also parts where you're like, I don't know, I can't really think of a vocal part. Here, do a solo. And I was like, okay, cool.
1: Yeah, sometimes it just makes more sense. I just get... if If I have an intuition for like, I don't think this is a vocal part.
0: And I was like, cool, sneak a solo in there. Yeah,
1: there are parts that became melodic... Oh, there was also a part like so at the beginning of Oblivion, which is the fourth track or Evan, there's a fretless bass part that kind of bounces back and forth with melodic vocals. And Evan and I were able to he I my singing part, Evan then went in and worked on a part that like followed the melody of the yeah. singing. So we were able we did a lot of stuff like that where the instrumentals really complemented the vocals in a way that they haven't as much before, in my opinion. But, uh, of course, that's left up for interpretation.
0: Just definitely stuff to be aware of. I I think we just wanted to be aware of, like, everything. Like, what's going on in this part? Or, yeah, when I was writing, I was like, I, I need to think of if this would be cool to do vocals over or not. Yeah. Instead of just writing whatever I thought was cool. Right. I'm like, okay, I got a sick screamer here. Let me get some, I'll write some parts that I think would be fun to scream over if I was a screamer.
1: Yeah, I mean, you do have to think about that. That's the difference between writing as a solo artist and as a band. When you're right. writing as a band, the key is to learn to work together and write music together and not have it be specifically any person's solo project. So, That's
0: why I don't write in a band. Because i don't like, motherfuckers, telling me what to do.
1: Uh, there were some parts, though, you know... Is that part I was just talking about in Oblivion, I was like, dude, I have a melodic idea here. You need to make the part way longer so that I yeah, can do yeah. something. Because sometimes parts, sometimes in the demo stages of our music, parts will be super short and then turn around really quickly. And it's not enough time for me to build on an idea.
0: So that happened quite a bit. Yeah. Where we were did. like, okay, this part needs to go twice as long. Right. Like a bunch of times.
1: Yeah, which is the the benefit of Naveen also being an engineer is that we can change parts. You know you know how to freak the drums, even if they're already recorded. We can add more of that. We can add more of <clears throat> yeah. whatever.
0: Well, that definitely happened even after, I think some of them we caught in the demo stages and some of them we made a lot longer, like after the drums were already tracked.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, which...
0: And then... Uh, hey, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, you go ahead.
0: Uh, I was just going to say, to wrap it up, Um, we were on Tech Trek. Mm -hmm. And that's when Mark really got going with the mixes. I think we made sure to finish everything. It was like a deadline. We got to finish literally everything. And we rolled by his house on the way to tour. I gave him a thumb drive with like the remaining files that he needed.
1: Literally. So we, a lot of the mixes that we got were during Tech Trek. So I remember specifically that last... Uh, Vancouver show. I was walking around just like on nice headphones listening to every aspect of the album. Brian helped us with input on the guitar tone. Uh, You know, we let them hear the mixes and help us freak things in that stage. Uh, And then when we got home, Naveen and I both went over to Mark's house because Mark lives down the street from us. So we went over and bothered him like a million times. Because I was like,
0: instead of sending like an email with all these, I was like, dude, Cause that was another thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, we have time. Let's, I'm not going to bother you with email and stuff on tour. I'll just make my notes and come over when we get back. Yeah. And we'll just, I went over there for like one whole day. Yeah. I was like, all right, let's, I showed him everything that needed to be done. Cause that would have been like a thousand emails.
1: Yeah. So it's much easier to do that. I'm Way glad better. that we have that. It's yeah. definitely beneficial. It's so and much much I look forward to being home, hopefully for more of the mixing process on our next album. And being able to do that more. But I'm honestly, this is the best mix that we've ever had on a record. I'm so excited about it. I think that what I love about Mark's mixing is that he truly cares about the band sounding like the band. Taking a band and making them sound like the best version of themselves. It's not about like a canned production needs to sound like this. He's trying to literally bring out the best in the band. And I think that that's really important in our band Um, and it's been an important integral part of our sound in the past and I think that he was able to do that even more so on this album. And I'm just really proud of, I really love the mix. I love how everything kind of came together in the end. And overall, I mean, I really think that this is our best effort to date and I know that that's that's typical of people to say, but I really think that we took all of the things that are Entheos and we really kept that in mind because, you know, at the end of the day, Entheos does sound like the two of us riding together. It's always been a great deal of Naveen's influence. Um, and obviously a lot of my influence. So I think that we were able to kind of like, you know, trim the fat off certain things and experiment in certain ways and never really lose the soul of our band. And I'm, Really, really proud of the album that we were able to make, and I can't wait for people to hear it. That's like we're gonna be in Europe, and I'm gonna—I can't believe it. I just that's can't believe people are gonna agree. hear it.
0: Yeah, 100% agree. And we got vinyls already. We vinyls.
1: Sick. They're super sick. We ju- we told ourselves we'd bring one in here. Harrison, could you go <laughs> grab the vinyl and the CD that are or there's one that's open, like to the right. Uh, The open one is like... It's on the floor. On the floor, yeah. Could you grab the CD, too? There we go. We got some super sick records.
0: Super sick. Thank you.
1: Hopefully hopefully this is not the limited edition one.
0: Limited edition. It might be. So what?
1: F it. Yeah, nope, it's not. All right, so this...
0: Oh, look at red that. Red and
1: gold. That's for sale in the States.
0: Well, that's perfect. Cause I love that. Red and gold,
1: so. Cause the album's red and gold. So Naveen and I picked out all of these colors. We,
0: there's a long process. There's
1: a long painstaking meticulous process of us. Like, look at that. That's so, a pretty cool
0: combo. I love I that. Say. I it's kind like of it. Perfect.
1: So there are three other variants. Uh, if you guys buy these, maybe we can do more variants in the future. That's how that goes. Um, Here's the art by Elleron. Check that out. Super awesome. Also, we ha- we just got wall flags in of this. These are available. Yeah. So like I said, the records are all up. Go through Metal Blade for those. If you want actual album art merch, we are sending that from Uh, That's the store that I run. So if you write notes in there, I read everything. If you ask us to sign something, we've been signing wall flags all week. We'll sign whatever you want, uh, but we can't sign the records. I think that on our next album, we will figure out a way to do signed yeah. copies. Yeah. Uh, So here's the full artwork.
0: Whoops. Maybe we would just go <laughs> to Metal Blade. Yeah. Just go there. Sign a bunch.
1: So there's the full
0: artwork. so cool. Uh, uh, you know, just as the album is kind of like a side A and a side B of a full experience. I feel like the artwork is too. It's Me like too. the front and the back. Yeah. You know? There's two different pieces.
1: And you know, I want, really cool. I think what I think is two so awesome about this artwork and that I love about Elrond's work and just surrealism in general and him working on surrealism is that it's open for interpretation. Yeah. The cover means to you, whatever it means to you. I'm not going to, you know, I'll tell, I, the overall lyrical concept is it's about growth and progression and reflection and, you know, existence in our lives. But I don't want to go in and tell you guys exactly what what every single lyric is about, because I want you to come up with your own story. But I do strongly encourage you to go through and read the lyrics because um, they're super important and integral to the story of Time Will Take Us All. Uh that's something that's important in our band. And so, yeah, if you get the chance, please go through, read the lyrics while you're listening to the record. <clears throat> but, yeah.
0: Harrison, do we have any questions? We, we asked, we put the feelers out there for some album questions. Jane, you gotta put that. Asleep. Oh, yeah, sorry. I,
1: I never do this correctly. Naveen's brother almost shot me over the way that I put away vinyl records. He's like, can I please show you how to do this?
0: he <laughs> didn't do a good job yeah he didn't uh, do a good did, job not me. a good teacher other side babe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's so funny oh wait hold on i want to show the the cd <coughs> so look it's a jewel case this time our first ever jewel case someone asked me about that i guess people don't like buying digi packs
0: we always thought the digi packs were way cooler <clears throat> here give me it cheney yeah Guys we did up. think
1: digipacks were way cooler, but apparently not.
0: There you go. That's what I'm <laughs> look at that.
1: About. That's a. Oh, you had it. Oh, look at that. Damn, that's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. With that metal blade logo on it, baby oh yeah
0: remember a barcode that was like the big deal back in the day when I was a kid like dude it's got a CD with a barcode on it that's like legit like you've made it if you got the barcode and that's the disc people still buy discs apparently
1: yeah I guess so they you know labels are putting their money into them we sell discs
0: it's true
1: at shows so yeah people are still collecting it I guess they're playing it in their cars
2: yeah, weird. I always have backup CDs in my car in uh-huh. case something goes wrong.
1: There we go. Every car that we ever have, the CD player is broken.
0: Yeah. I don't know why that. So happens. the backup
2: is silence.
1: <laughs> the backup is silence. <laughs> All right, go ahead.
2: All right. Uh, first question: Will is stoned. Would you guys ever consider an instrumental edition of albums or previous albums? Love Cheney's work, but also love instrumental. Yeah, that'd be cool. Pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that would be cool, but. I know this sounds biased coming from me, but like vocals are a part of the record. I know, but like, it's still cool, and
0: it could also bump up your listeners, right?
1: Maybe you know where we do do that is on YouTube. Like yeah. we for sure do it there. I don't actually know if we would be allowed to do that through the label. Yeah, I'm not actually I'm not opposed to it. I think that it's cool for covers as well.
0: I think it's cool when bands do that. Me too. I think it's really cool. I do. I think that I don't ever listen to the instrumental. Though. I listen to the vocals one.
1: It's same. I think that you know you can further dissect the the songs yeah. doing that, um, but you can buy like guitar tabs. I I, I think would be really cool to release stems.
0: Yeah, I and mean, of course, there's the playthroughs that we always put out. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that are instrumental.
1: Yep, absolutely. So yeah, we're not opposed to that, but I don't know if it's like c- contractually feasible. Actually,
0: I'm so sure Metal Blade would be down. I thought I feel like they'd be down.
1: Maybe. That might be something worth li- looking into. Not opposed. Mm, me either. I'll
0: have to think about it some more, though. Give it some thought.
2: Yeah. Uh, next question is uh, Ben from Newfoundland asks, uh, you've been touring a lot with Archspire, which is killer. How would you guys uh, get to know them? Uh, you, all get, you all must get along quite well to continuously tour alongside them. Also, any particular favorite Archspire song?
1: Yeah, it's, my favorite Arch Spire song is Drone Corpse
2: Aviator.
0: Like mine's, I think, mine's, uh, I think it's called aviator. Golden, we've already established that I'm not good with names, but it, Golden, Golden, Mouth, Mouth, Ruin. 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 Yeah, Golden Mouth, Mouth Ruin. Yeah, that song fucking rips. Oh, yeah. uh, we don't, we didn't really know them very we well. We didn't know them at all. Um, they just asked us to do the Tech Trek tour. and Well, uh, they asked
1: us to do, originally we were going to do Tech Trek Canada with them in yeah. 2020 uh, with Surreption and Wormhole. So they asked us to do that, and we we met them briefly.
0: Yeah, we didn't really know them very well. We met
1: them at like a Rivers of Nile show,
0: and then uh, we did the Tech Track tour. That was really good. And then they offered to take us to Europe, and then the tour that we're doing uh, after that with them as well with Whitechapel. I think Whitechapel asked us to do that tour. So that one was just kind of circumstantial. That's
1: a coincidence. Yeah, that was totally coincidence. But honestly, love those guys. I'm stoked to tour. They're great dudes. And Uh, you know
0: what? It's really cool. This happens a lot. One band will kind of pick up a smaller band and sort of like take them around on a bunch of tours. Um, I mean, like Between the Barry and Me did it with Animals as leaders. They toured a bunch together. Um, There's plenty of examples where a bigger band will just take a band on a bunch of tours and really help them out. And I feel like, I feel like Archspire is doing that with us. There's some talks to do some other parts of the world together here. I mean, just vaguely that we've kind of talked about it and hopefully it happens.
1: Yeah. We're really grateful to Archspire because they've definitely helped. um, You know, they have a different fan base than we have. They've opened us up to their fan base. They've welcomed us. They're just, we're great, very grateful to them for helping us out. And, you know. Right. Love those guys.
0: And like, I mean, the Tech Track tour that we got to do, I'm sure that tour would have been really great even without us on it. Totally. So they were generous enough to put us on that tour and put us high up in the lineup. And so it's just like, I think that tour really helped us out.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, And that was really kind of them to think of us and to continue to think of us. And I'm so excited to go and hang out with those guys. I fucking love those guys. Like, you know, they, they worked really hard to get... What where they're at? They deserve every fucking piece of anything they get. So I'm stoked for them and can't wait to go and travel. I'm so excited to drink some beers in Europe with those guys. It'll be fun.
0: You gonna drink beers here?
1: Probably not. But I guess it's just a saying I use now. All right. I'm just gonna. Not. I'm excited to drink some lemon waters in Europe with them.
2: There we go. Uh, I actually have a small follow up question about that. So you said that they asked you to go on tour with them. Uh were they fans of you guys beforehand? Like were I don't know. I
0: don't know. I don't know. I mean they knew who we were, but yeah. I don't I don't know if they're like fans or not. Remember maybe they, they are like maybe
1: they
2: are. I don't know. It
0: could be a combination of the music and whatever else we kinda had going on online. Like
1: they seemed to be down.
0: They seem to be down though.
1: Yeah. They also uh knew Brian because they, yeah, they knew Brian. I mean they didn't that wasn't a part of us getting on the tour, but they knew brian before because they toured with fallujah yeah so you know they're just it's homey central hanging out with those guys
2: it's really cool uh amber asks will entheos ever play a headlining set or run of shows
1: definitely yeah, yeah we're starting to think <coughs> now and we will be talking about it probably more seriously later in the year about when we're going to do our first headliner
0: yeah we really want to do it um But I think kind of similar to how we were talking about with the album, we waited long to roll it out in the correct way. Right. That's exactly what we want to do with a headliner. Instead of haphazardly jump the gun and we want a headline, and then it's like a so-so tour. We want to do it and have like really sick bands on there. Yeah. And have it be at a time when it makes sense for us to headline Mm -hmm. and we feel like people are going to actually come to the shows. Right. And like have a really nice... Awesome headlining tour.
1: Yeah. I would like to do uh, probably a few more support tours before we do a headliner, but we talk all the time about what bands we want to take. It is something that's definitely in the future and will be happening.
0: Definitely before we make another album. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Definitely. 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 Absolutely. We will do that. Definitely. And hopefully film it.
0: And film it. Yeah. All right. We got to bring a filmer. That's what we should do. That's what we need to do. A filmer? A filmer.
1: We should do that.
0: If we were rolling in a bandwagon, bring a film guy.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. I forgot to say. So this is the first uh, U.S. tour in a very long time that we're going to do where I'm not going to be doing merch. So everyone make sure to go and. Say hey to our merch person, Shannon. She's gonna fucking kill it. We'll be out there. We'll be hanging out. Uh, we'll make it a point every day to come to the merch table and hang. But overall, this is gonna give me a little more time to like gather my thoughts after our sets, which I'm excited. Yeah, I know. Very excited about. <clears throat> but we'll still be, I mean, you know us. We like to hang out in the crowd and say hello to everyone. So we'll be hanging. Yes. Absolutely. But that wasn't in a, in that Europe, that wasn't a question. in Europe, I'm doing merch. I just wanted to bring it up to celebrate. I just wanted to celebrate it. In Europe, I'm still doing merch, so you can still come up and say, "Bonjour," "Bonjour," <laughs> just a,
0: "Guten Tag" or gu- whatever.
1: "Guten Tag," uh, <laughs> "Barcelona," or is that "Hola"? "Hola," yeah, whatever. In your foreign tongue, "Ciao," <laughs> "Ciao, Bella." <laughs> And I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I'm Italian too." And then you'll, and then
0: will like, just, "No, no, no, I'm no not. actually."
2: <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, next up is from Hay Fever. Do you think intentionally about harmony when writing, or is it mostly by ear?
1: Me, or Naveen?
2: Oh, Uh I, no no no. I, I do. I actually do the opposite. I write, and
0: then I go back and figure out what like key it's in.
1: Yeah, everything is by ear. I write all. Harmony yeah. by ear. Yeah. Intentionally, I mean, yes. I, sometimes I, do I have to write help intention- out, though, with yeah. her
0: harmonies. That I'll be is like, true. yeah, you gotta, you're hitting the wrong note here.
1: That is true. But what I will say is that I wrote almost every
0: singing part. No, you part. did. I wrote for every sure.
1: singing part on the record. No, for sure. Like, it's not, none of it was someone telling me what to do. No, definitely not. I came in with the ideas. And just sometimes, like, there were things that were a little, like, not... You know, not complimenting the note in the correct way, but Naveen knew what I was going for, so he would be like, "Let's play that on a piano and and yeah. hear Plain what on. exactly yeah. sounds correct." So
0: exactly, uh, but no, I mean, I, I mean, I do a mix of a lot of different things. Sometimes I'll just write metal riffs, and I'll be like, "Yeah, this isn't in a key; it's just like a metal riff, mm-hmm. and it just is what it is." And then other yeah, generally, that like
1: those parts are not singable a lot of the yeah,
0: time yeah but yeah with the more melodic parts I'll kind of it just depends like if I'm um, if I'm having a tr- like a hard time with a lead or something then I'll go through and be like alright how, how am I perceiving this but most of the time for leads I'll set it up and just have like chords that are a little more open ended so you can perceive them in different uh, keys mm-hmm. or, uh, different scales um, but yeah, I utilize like all, everything I know how to do. So if I learn a scale that is cool, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to write some riffs in this scale. Um, like for instance, that solo that Brian was playing earlier, that's in a key called super Locrian, and I just like picked it out out of uh guitar grimoire I was like, this is a really fucking cool scale. I'm going to write a bunch of riffs in this key. And then other times, I'll just write stuff that's, um, I'm not thinking about what key it's in, and then I can go back and kind of figure out, like, okay, well, it has, you know, a flat third and a, you know, this, and then I'll see what scales work with that. Totally. So, I don't want to be too focused on, like, what key it's in and things being diatonic, because then it just doesn't really sound as creative to me when things are overly diatonic, like, always in key
1: yeah I agree with so that. I like to oh. jump
0: around a lot and throw what I call plot twists there are in definitely there, all the time. there are
1: definitely some plot twists on the record yeah. that's for so, sure and
0: play around with the tempos too in the same way-hmm so it's I don't like being although right now I am doing an, an experiment, but it's top secret and it does have to do with keys
1: that's true, and it's cool
0: and it sounds really fucking, cool. yeah,
1: that's the thing about our Ancient writing is that what I've discovered. It's the thing about our writing is that though some of it is planned out, it's not super like mapped specifically. Like this is all going to be in, you know, yeah, I know. Here
0: we go. A minor. Like, let's do it. It's like, that's why our music ends
1: up being a little, you know, in the prog experimental space.
0: Yeah. because that's how I roll.
1: That's how Naveen rolls. And I think, no rules, maybe. Yeah. Just fucking go for it. No rules up in here. We do have like a seven and a half minute song. On the record. That's the longest
0: one. It's arbitrary.
1: That's true. It's like age. We're like,
2: this is a song. <laughs> I mean, it is
1: a song for sure.
2: Technically the whole album's a song if they all blend into it. Yeah. It is all a song,
1: yeah. It's all a song. I
0: think of it as well, it's two songs. That's how kinda I think of it.
1: I used to think of it that way, but then I started thinking of it all as a song.
0: Any I more guess questions? That that'll
1: be up for people to decide.
0: Alright all right. Well, I think we've covered it.
1: I really think we have to and I don't album think episode. that there's much more to talk about with the album. I mean, you know, we'll talk about stuff in the future. There'll be podcasts and interviews coming out where there's one that we just did on Metal Injection that'll be coming out, you know, magazines and all that stuff for the album. So yeah, we we hope you guys enjoy it and have a fun time listening to it. Hopefully you have as much fun as we had writing it.
0: And definitely uh, don't forget to check out that live video that we're putting out tomorrow. It comes out tomorrow, right? No, Thursday. Oh, Thursday.
1: comes out on Thursday on Metal Blade's channel. And if you're at the Knoxville show, you're in it. So Much love, you guys. Uh, Can't wait to talk to you again in April. Have a good couple of months. Stay safe out there. We love you guys.
0: All right. See you guys. Peace.